0: What <laughs> worship
1: Yeah, Thank you, Lord. Thank you,
0: Lord.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I feel in my spirit right now that there's people listening to me this morning that are in need of a way maker. They need a way made for them, Lord. God, we know that you make ways in the Red Sea. You make ways anywhere. We need a way to be made. You make it.
0: Yes, so, Lord, we you ask Lord. you to be a
1: way maker for them this morning. Yes, Whoever God. it is, open that door, Lord. Part that sea for them, God. Be a way maker for them this morning. Be a way maker to their healing. Be a way maker to their breakthrough. Be a way maker for that child that went astray. Be a way maker, Lord. Be a way maker for them this morning. Hallelujah. We thank you and we praise you for it, Lord. We appreciate you so much. Hallelujah. We love you this morning, Lord. Yes.
0: Yes. And we thank you yes. that you
1: loved us first. Thank Hallelujah. You, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
0: Thank Glory.
1: you. Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, go ahead and praise Him a little.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yeah. Yes. Give them a
1: shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. be seated if you can. Judah, great job this morning. Praise the Lord. Appreciate you guys. Hallelujah. Children are dismissed. I may feel a world shaking this past week. Yes. Thank God we're in the unshakable kingdom. Yes. God says everything that could be shaken would be shaken, mm-hmm. but we won't. Amen? Because our kingdom is unshakable. Yes. We're going to talk about a few shaking things this morning, but if you got your Bibles, we can turn to Ezekiel chapter 38. Ezekiel chapter 38. As you know, Ezekiel was a prophet that spoke about the end times. And in this particular chapter, along with parts of chapter 39, which we won't get into this morning, he's prophesying of a future war. And it's not so far future anymore. But he's prophesying of a future war that has become known by many Bible scholars and students of the Bible as the Ezekiel 38 war. So I'm going to be reading Ezekiel 38 in the New Living Translation, and then we're going to talk about some things, because I know there's a lot of questions about the Ukraine and how does it fit in with God's prophetic timetable and things of that nature, and we're going to look at some of those things today and talk about it. Ezekiel 38.1, this is another message that came to me from the Lord, says Ezekiel. Son of man, turn and face Gog of the land of Magog, the prince who rules over the nations of Meshech and Tubal, and prophesy against him. Give him this message from the sovereign Lord. Gog, I am your enemy. I will turn you around and put hooks in your jaws to lead you out with your whole army, your horses and charioteers in full armor and a great horde armed with shields and swords. Persia, Ethiopia, Cush, In Libya, Put will join you too with all their weapons. Gomer and all its armies will also join you along with the armies of Beth Togomar from the distant north and many others. Get ready, be prepared, keep all the armies around you mobilized and take command of them. A long time from now you will be called into action in the distant future, again distant at the time of the writing, but not so distant now. You will swoop down on the land of Israel, which will be enjoying peace after recovering from war and after its people have returned from many lands to the mountains of Israel. You and your allies, a vast and awesome army will roll down on them like a storm and cover the the land like a cloud. This is what the sovereign Lord says. At that time, evil thoughts will come to your mind, that's God's mind, and you will devise a wicked scheme You will say, Israel is an unprotected land filled with unwalled villages. I will march against her and destroy these people who live in such confidence. I will go to those formerly desolate cities that are now filled with people who have returned from exile in many nations. I will capture vast amounts of plunder, for the people are rich with livestock and other possessions now. They think the whole world revolves around them. But Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish will ask, do you really think the armies you have gathered can rob them of silver and gold? Do you think you can drive away their livestock and seize their goods and carry off plunder? Therefore, son of man, prophesy against God. Give him this message from the sovereign Lord. When my people are living in peace in their land, then you will rouse yourself. You will come from your homeland in the distant north with your vast cavalry and your mighty army, and you will attack my people Israel, covering their land like a cloud. At that time in the distant future, I will bring you against my land as everyone watches, and my holiness will be displayed by what happens to you, God. Then all the nations will know that I am the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord asked. Are you the one I was talking about long ago when I announced through Israel's prophets that in the future, I would bring you against my people but this is what the sovereign Lord says when God invades the land of Israel my fury will boil over in my jealousy and blazing anger I promise a mighty shaking in the land of Israel on that day all living things the fish in the sea the birds of the sky the animals of the field the small animals that scurry along the ground and all the people on earth will quake in in terror at my presence Mountains will be thrown down, cliffs will crumble, walls will fall to the earth. I will summon the sword against you on all the hills of Israel, says the sovereign Lord. Your men will turn their swords against each other. I will punish you and your armies with disease and bloodshed. I will send torrential rain, hailstones, fire, and burning sulfur. In this way, I will show my greatness and holiness, and I will make myself known to all the nations of the world Then they will know that I am the Lord. So the Lord has a purpose for uh, amassing an army against Israel. He's going to show himself strong and he's going to prove that he's the sovereign God of the world. And the names we see here in Ezekiel 38 like Gog and Rosh and Magog and Meshach and Jabal and so forth They're all ancestral labels that were derived. You can go to Genesis chapter 10 to see where they're derived from, but they're actually the descendants of Noah after the flood. And first of all, Gog is a title that describes a ruler or a king like Pharaoh or maybe uh, Alexander the Great or Caesar, or you can think of some modern day kings. They're not called kings now. Uh, for the most part, they're presidents and premiers and stuff like that. But God could also refer to the Antichrist of the future, the not-so-distant future. I mean, one of the questions is, is Putin the Antichrist? Is Putin God? Well, no, he's not the Antichrist. He could be a God because it describes uh, somebody's position and somebody's role. But it doesn't describe a particular person so yes he could be a god but as far as being the antichrist there's no way because this antichrist is going to make a treaty with israel and uh they're going to accept him actually as the messiah for a short time and in order for israel to accept him as a as the messiah or even make a treaty with him he's going to have to be a jew he's going to have to be a full-blooded jew because Israel is not going to claim any other nationality or person as their Messiah if he's not a Jew. They know that much. Amen? They might have missed the original Messiah, but the one they're looking for is going to be a Jew. And based on the scriptures, he's probably going to be a Syrian Jew. I don't know that for a fact, but I think that's where he's going to come from is out of Syria. But he'll definitely be a a Jew. So Rosh... Meshach and Tubal are the ancient names for modern-day Russia so as we can see uh, Russia plays a big part in this they have a big role in this future war uh, but it's not the war that they're involved with now. Magog is the people called the stands, Stans that make up Central Asia and they're the people that come from five independent states. Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan, and Tajikistan. So henceforth, the stands—they all their their uh, lands in, in STAN, and so they're called as a collective group, the stands. Gomer is a modern-day Turkey. Kush is modern-day Sudan and Ethiopia. As, as you'll notice, these modern-day countries hate Israel. They're enemies of Israel. Put, P-U-T, is modern-day Libya and Algeria, and Persian is, Persia is modern-day Iran. So in time advance, if you look at the news at all, you'll see they're happening all around us and they're moving at a rapid pace and being fulfilled right before our very eyes. Everything is pointing to Jesus Christ coming soon. First of all, the rapture, rapture is church. And then once that happens, we can count seven years from that day and we'll know that he'll be returning and actually setting down on the earth and, mm-hmm. and uh, at the battle of Armageddon, defeat the enemy, the antichrist and his armies. And then we'll go into what's called the millennial reign where Jesus will rule and reign here on the earth for a thousand years. This is where Satan will be bound in hell, uh, or in the, uh, pit, the abyss, the pit, for a thousand years. And Jesus will reign right here from earth, in, from Jerusalem. But anyway, as we're painfully aware, Russia is invading the Ukraine as I speak this morning. They're involved in an invasion. But this war of the Ukraine is not the Ezekiel 38 war or any part of it. It's way too soon for that war to begin, uh, the, the war that Ezekiel prophesied of. So the corrupt powers that are in position now are trying to push things and trying to rush things because of the current climate. They know that they're losing power and they're losing the benefits that they derived from the pandemic. Again, not that the pandemic wasn't real it was but they took full advantage of it and they're trying to usher in what's known as the new world order that's going under the name of the great reset because new world order sounds scary but great reset yeah we all need a reset amen i get out of bed in the morning i need a reset i go to bed at night i need a reset so that's not a bad word but if if they started preaching new world order one world religion one world currency, then we wouldn't like that too much. But they're trying to take advantage of it, and they're trying to push an event that's not supposed to take place for many years from now. I don't know how many, but uh, it's not time for the Ezekiel 38 war. And I believe with all my heart that the church is not going to be here for that war because of the way that it's described and according to some of the things that they say are going to happen. But Russia attacking the Ukraine is smoking mirrors. It's a distraction to take our eyes off of what's really going on. And that is the ushering in of this new world order. And they're trying to speed it up because like I said, once the pandemic is gone, they're gonna lose a great amount of power. But make no mistake about it, according to Ezekiel, Israel is in Russia's crosshairs and she will eventually move in that direction. I don't know how soon but it won't be now uh, it's just not her time now because as you've seen in reading the 38th chapter there's an appointed time for her to attack Israel and this is not it so when Russia does move on Israel in the future it will be under the rule of the Antichrist not Putin and the Antichrist may be the God that he's talking about here uh, and it will definitely include Russia, there's no doubt about that. And she'll pick up along the way a few smaller play- players, his smaller horns on the beast that we studied a while back, and uh, there will also be Israel haters like Turkey and Sudan and Ethiopia and Libya, Algeria, and, and especially Iran who will soon if not already have nuclear capabilities, and they're hateful enough I might say to use them on Israel and I don't know if you keep up with the news or, uh, about the Middle East but Israel has a new defense system and it's of course we don't know everything about it because it's top secret but it's it involved lasers and I don't know if you ever seen a laser light show but they can shoot these lasers all over the place in every direction you know and they're sharp and clear and uh, Israel is going to have a laser defense system like that, already has it, and it's supposed to be operational where anything that comes into those laser beams is going to be obliterated, so that's uh, that's better even than the defense system that they had, the, what they call the Iron Dome, which is, is a covering and a defense system for incoming missiles, but it's not 100%, a few missiles get through, and so they're going to have this new system that if it passes through these lasers, it's gonna be destroyed. So uh, I don't know if anybody else has that system or not. But God is looking out for Israel. Israel is the apple of his eye. He's not gonna let anything happen to Israel. So again, I don't know how soon it will happen, but like I said, it's way too early on the prophetic calendar, but I'm sure that Russia is not gonna stop with the Ukraine. And, uh, Ukraine right now is just a testing ground to see what the rest of the world will say or do, and right now it's just a bunch of talk. The world isn't doing anything. NATO is even afraid of uh, Putin and afraid of uh, a nuclear uprising, and he's even threatened a nuclear response if NATO intervenes, but I mean uh, what's the purpose of having uh, a national land treaty organization or a conglomerate of Of nations that can form an army and put down dictators like this. What is the purpose of them if they're not going to do anything? And sanctions is a bunch of baloney. Sanctions are a waste of time. Uh, I'm trying to say this in a way where I won't get taken off the air or offend Facebook or get fact-checked or something like that, but sanctions don't work. Putin is laughing at sanctions. And one of the things that sanctions is gonna do is weaken the American dollar, and it's already weak. And uh, you know, they're gonna go through this, to this electronic currency, Bitcoin and some of the other ones that they have. And uh, China's ready to do it now. And matter of fact, most of China is doing it. Russia is willing to do it. And if we keep putting on sanctions, which all revolves around the American dollar, then what's gonna happen is, Uh, It's going to weaken the American dollar. They're going to go to the one world currency that they've been wanting to go to anyway, and the American dollar will be worthless. And then overnight, the American people will be poor. Just like that. Because right now, the American dollar is the standard for the world, actually the gold standard for the world, but that won't be if we continue these useless sanctions because they don't affect anybody. And uh, Russia's been empowered with oil now and, and natural gas and they got the free flow through Europe and that and so they got plenty of money, plenty of energy and we don't. So you can sanction them all, all you want. They're gonna sanction us back and it's gonna hurt us more than it is them. Anyway, let me get back to what I was talking about here. But if you look to Russia's West, You'll see Poland, Germany, France, and these are the countries that his pipeline wants to uh, go through and deliver resources to. And I don't think he'll bother with them right now because they're a great source of income for him right now. Uh, But they will be affected by this invasion. If he had, for example, a cyber attack, and he shut down the uh, electrical plants in the Ukraine, of course everybody on the grid with Ukraine is going to be affected and that would include Poland and Germany and some of the other neighboring countries but just think about it now they're in the middle of winter and now they don't have any electricity that'd be a terrible thing it will affect them horribly I mean uh, a while back we had a ice storm here I was without electricity for 10 days it was miserable And, and it was cold and I had to get uh, portable heat like kerosene heaters and stuff like that just to keep my pipes from freezing. So you can imagine what it's like in a country like uh, Poland or Ukraine where it's 20 below zero at night or something like that. So it would be a terrible thing. It would fuck, affect all them countries that, in uh, Europe there that are on the same grid. So we don't want to see that either. But he's already started some cyber attacks, he cut off their internet stuff, and then Elon Musk, the, the uh, owner of uh, the electric car company or whatever, what is it brother? Tesla. Tesla. Uh, he he turned on his satellite and he sent in the Ukraine internet, so I don't know how long they'll get away with that before Russia zaps that too, but uh, it, it's a terrible, It's it's a new, it's gonna be a new form of warfare where they, you know, cut your electricity and stuff like that. And they've got bombs that don't do any property damage, but they blow you to smithereens. You know, they uh, it cause you to explode from the inside out and suck the lungs out of your body and everything else. Terrible weapons. We don't want to see any of them being used, but when they're in the hands of a dictator that's hungry for power, there's no telling what he might do. Right. But I think that in one way or another we need to stand up to them I don't want to send troops to Ukraine. It's a terrible thing that's happening, but I wouldn't want to see our troops go to to the Ukraine. And one of the obvious reasons is we don't have any business on that border when our border is wide open and running wild with illegal aliens and stuff. So yeah, let's help the Ukraine with supplies and even weapons and ammunition, but let's keep our troops away from there. Amen. But anyway, Ezekiel tells us that God will supernaturally defend Israel and those that come against her. And they'll be defeated in such a way that the whole world will be able to look at it and say that had to be nothing but God. Amen. And God will get the glory for it. And that's the entire purpose of it. And uh, we can say that Russia and Israel or the Russian forces with the, under the Antichrist, which will be united with the other smaller countries and stuff, uh, it will be a replay of David and Goliath and we know who won that battle, right? That's right? So verse 10 and 11 tells us that at the time the Antichrist is on the attack with Russia He will think evil thoughts King James says he would think a evil thought but They'll decide to turn the brunt of their forces directly against the small nation of Israel and this would be the greatest mistake That any nation has ever made or ever will make and that is to turn against Israel and attack Israel but God says in verse 38 that when they do attack his people he says my fury will come up in my face I don't know what that looks like but I know what my mom and dad looked like when fury rose in their face can you imagine what it would look like in God's face I've had a few looks like that with my kids too. But God is going to get mad like he's never got mad before. And as a result, there's going to be a great shaking in the land of Israel. They even said the mountains are going to fall, the walls are going to fall. That's some shaking, Amen. amen? And unfortunately, again, not only will the Middle East feel the effects of this war, but the whole world is going to because of some of the things I said about cyber attacks and things like that uh interruptions in supply chains we know a little bit about that now and we see a lot of empty shelves at the store but how about if all the shelves are empty and all the stores are empty that's what it's going to be like and uh you talk about economic woes like we've never seen before uh, the dollar is shaky now and uh the financial condition of the entire world is shaky they don't know what direction to, to go You know they're they're puzzled and bewildered and perplexed and uh man don't have the answer what it boils down to is man doesn't know what he's doing he never did know what he's doing and he never will aside from god know what he's doing but then the lord goes on to say in verse 20 that all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at his presence all the men not just the middle east not just russia but all the men in the earth. And the mountains shall be thrown down, and the steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground. That's a a physical, natural, and a spiritual application there. But the Bible predicts that Russia will be utterly defeated in this battle, and the bulk of their army will fall within the land of Israel. That's why I know they're going to be right in there. They're going to not only attack, but they're going right into the land. And Ezekiel quotes God as saying this of Russia he said you Russia will fall on the mountains of Israel you and all your troops and the peoples who are with you I will give you as food to every kind of predatory predatory bird and beast of the field he's going to feed the beast and the predatory birds with the flesh of those soldiers now we're very close to this happening I mean I'm not talking days or months but years several years we're close to it because flesh-eating birds have been migrating to the Middle East for several years now and right now it's been counted by the, the I don't know what they call them the bird watching society I guess of the Middle East but it's been counted that there's over 170 species Different species of predatory birds in, in the Middle East right now, most of them in the land of Israel. Just 170 species. I don't know how many birds that relates to, but that's a lot of flesh-eating birds. And I've even heard them referred to as God's cleanup crew for the war, this this Ezekiel 38 war in the Battle of Armageddon that's gonna take place. As a matter of fact, they said afterwards, It's going to take Israel seven months to bury the remains of all those soldiers that die in Israel and and that's just finding their bones Uh, in chapter 39 of Ezekiel he said that uh if you come across a bone you're to flag it for the burial crew will come behind you to bury that bone or them bones whatever you find and so all of Israel will be on alert for bones in the land and uh, they're, they're going to have a special appointed force to bury everything to keep the disease down. That's how, that's how bad it's going to be. And they said it's going to take them seven months to bury all the bones that they find. So then, uh, in the first few verses of Ezekiel 39, I said we will not get into it, but I'm going to mention just a couple things here. He says, you will fall on an open field, for it is I who have spoken, declares the Lord God and I will send fire upon Magog and those who inhabit the coastlands in safety and they will know that I am the Lord again that's the whole purpose God is introducing himself to the unbelieving heathen world so the Lord also says that fire will be sent upon Magog as well as the people who inhabit the coastlands so this is a phrase used in the Bible that essentially refers to people that are dwelling afar off in nations that can only be reached by seagoing vessels. That's what a coastland is. And this is the first indication that this war will go nuclear because God said He's going to send fire. And so this war will go nuclear and result, and result in the destruction of Russia and large areas of the Antichrist kingdom. Now, here's the problem with nuclear war all it takes is one nut to push the button and if that happens all the other nuts in the world are going to push their buttons and i don't know what's going to be left after that but not a whole lot amen so our best bet is to keep the nut from pushing the button and this is what 45 was doing very well Uh, he had them all he had all their hands away from the button and uh, he was very prevalent, and they knew that he was crazy enough to do something if they threatened, uh, first of all, our allies, but then any, any other free nation. Uh, he would not allow the bullies to uh, push the weak around, like what's going on right now. You know, this big bully called Russia is pushing Ukraine around. And let me just say this, the Ukraine is not innocent. The people of Ukraine are innocent, but it has a very corrupt government. I could get into things that you already know about, but you you know how it's corrupt concerning some of the people and some of the politicians in our country, but it's a very corrupt government. It's said to be even the, the, the money laundering center of the whole world. And there's a lot of reasons. I know they said that, Putin wants to go into Russia because of the mineral rights and all. It's a rich country of minerals and all of this stuff. But there's a lot of other reasons that not only he would like to get into Ukraine, but some people that we know uh, in this country and other parts of the world that would like to see him get into the Ukraine too. Uh, If nothing else, like I said, a smoke screen and mirrors to cover up a lot of the corruption that's going on. But I will say this of Zelensky, he's a patriot, he's, he loves his country, crooked or not, and I don't know to what extent, and I don't know why he turned the way he did, probably same reason politicians go bad in this country, threats, or maybe blackmail, or whatever, but he loves his country, and he's willing to fight and die for it. Uh, matter of fact, you probably read it in the news where The United States offered him a flight out of there. He says, I don't want a flight. He says, I want ammunition and weapons. And so he's gonna stay till the end. We're gonna hear a bad report about him, I'm sure, because he's not gonna run. And most of the Ukrainian people aren't gonna run. Uh, As you know, little Ethan comes from Ukraine. He's thanking God this morning that he came from the Ukraine because he'd be right in the middle of that mess now. And, and, you know, not that it would be any different. You know, I feel bad for everybody that's in the middle of this mess, especially innocent people. You know, when you see pictures of uh, a little girl and a little boy swinging their teddy bear or something, waving at the troops as they're going past them on the street, you know, it stays with you. You know, it's a terrible thing. But this is what corrupt people do and power hungry, tyrants do, and, uh, we, uh, our premier ruler to the north here, he certainly wouldn't do what Zelensky did, <laughs> he'd, be, he'd take that flight, <laughs> and a few other ones that I'll not name, but they'll take the flight, too, for their fight. But anyway, praise the Lord. They're not as much in charge as they think they are. And God is going to show them that. And with the things that God is going to do in and through this war is things that he cannot do in the earth right now because the church is here. He can't do it. He's bound by the same laws that he bound Adam and Eve by. And he has to work within the framework that he's set forth in his word. And uh, same with the devil. The devil can't do things that God can't do. And God is not going to do the things that the devil would like to do until the church is taken out of here. And then his hands are untied at that point uh, because we go back to Old Testament time for seven years. God owes Israel seven years of Old Testament time. And so we're going to go back to that, but the church will not be here for that. But you might ask, uh, is there any good news out of all this? Yes, (laughs) that's part of it right there. But this war that Ezekiel describes, like I said, will not happen until the church is taken out of the earth. And uh, I know that because the Ezekiel 38 war is going to be led by the Antichrist and his armies, and he can't be revealed until the church is removed and once the church is removed and he's revealed then the Daniel 70s week starts and the prophetic clock that has been stopped for the church age begins to tick again and we'll know from that point it will be exactly seven years to Jesus return and all we'd have to do is open up the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation and we'll have a play-by-play description of everything's going to happen it doesn't have to be Prophetic anymore. We've got the written word for it. It's a prophetic word But we we won't need a prophet to tell us what's going to happen a month from now and six months from now Because it's already been prophesied in the word and we'll have a play-by-play description of it But look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 with me for a minute and I'll prove my point point. 2 Thessalonians 2 Verses 6 through 12, I'm going to be reading out the Amplified, Classified edition. You got an Amplified and the Amplified Classic. And I'll be reading from the Classic. It says, and now you know, this is Paul talking to the church at Thessalonica and the church in Louisville and the church everywhere in the world. And now you know what is restraining him, the Antichrist, from being revealed at this time. There's something that's restraining his advent. There's something that's restraining him from coming on the scene. It is so that he may be manifested or revealed in his own appointed time. See, God has an appointed time for him to be revealed and he can't be revealed before that time. For the mystery of lawlessness That hidden principle of rebellion against constituted authority. That's what we have in this country right now. Rebellion against the constitutional authority. He says it's already at work in the world. It's been at work. The spirit of the Antichrist has been at work for a long time in the world. But it is restrained only until he who restrains is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be revealed, and the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and bring him to an end by his appearing at his coming. The coming of the lawless one, the Antichrist, is through the activity and working of Satan and will be attended by great power and with all sorts of pretended miracles and signs and delusive marvels, all of them lying wonders. And by unlimited seduction to evil and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing going to perdition because they did not welcome the truth but refused to love it that they might be saved therefore God sends upon them a misleading influence a working of error and a strong delusion to make them believe what is false in other words it sounds like the Lord is being mean But he's not all he's doing is saying that's what you want to believe that's the direction you want to go you want to reject the truth go ahead Mm -hmm. i mean there's times when i've negotiated with my children not too many times but there's times when i negotiated with my children and got to the place all right you go ahead and try it then you're gonna have to learn the hard way so go ahead you go ahead and do that thing Mm -hmm. and of course i'd watch over them some lessons you got to learn on your own and that's what God is saying verse 12 says in order that all may be judged and condemned who did not believe in who refused to adhere to trust in and rely on the truth but instead took pleasure in unrighteousness look around this country look around the world and that's an exact description of what's going on in this world they're rejecting truth and Leaning towards unrighteousness. They're calling the evil good and good evil. They're calling the lie the truth and the truth a lie It's just crazy, but this is what the Lord was talking about But there's only three things in the earth that can hinder or restrain or hold back lawlessness and that's the law abiding governments. I say law abiding governments the Holy Ghost and the Church those are only three things that can hold back evil in the earth today and that's why during the tribulation period after the church is removed hell is going to be going to break loose on this earth like we've never seen there's lawlessness now but through the effects of a law-abiding government the Holy Ghost and the church it's held to a minimum it's, and, and once that Hindering force or that restraining force is removed Evil is going to run rampant all over the earth. There'll be nothing to restrain it. I mean, there'll be a little resistance to it because we'll still have some police that are going to wake up We'll still have a, a dead half-baked uh, Lukewarm church that's going to wake up so there'll there'll be forces here that will to some extent Withhold as much as they can but nothing like it's being restrained today The Constitution is a restrainer of evil, but as you know, we're trying to shred that document in this country. But anyway, the one who restrains lawlessness must be the one that will be taken out of the world before the Antichrist can even be revealed. So will it be governments? I don't think so, because the Antichrist is going to reign over kingdoms and governments, so governments are going to still be here. And there'll be other kings that are reigning over the rest of the earth and some of which that he will take as his allies after the restrainer of lawlessness is removed so it can't be the government's so will it be the holy ghost absolutely not because multitudes are going to be saved during the tribulation period and filled with the holy ghost so he can't leave he's he's going to be needed here more more than than ever so it's not him So it leaves only one and that's the church. So the church is the thing that's gonna have to be removed. The restrainer or the hinderer or the one that's withholding evil right now is the church and it will have to be raptured before the antichrist can even be introduced into the earth. So uh, it's the only one that restrains lawlessness that will be removed from the earth. Because when the church is removed, The Holy Ghost and the governments or kingdoms are still going to be here. So then we have 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Did you ever wonder what that shout was? He's going to descend. He's not descending quietly. He's going to descend with a shout. But only the redeemed are going to hear his voice. The world's not going to hear him. The world's going to look around and see that all the Christians have disappeared. And then they're going to start making up stories as to where they went after not here. But we're going to hear his voice. And I think what he's going to shout is, behold, the bridegroom cometh. The bridegroom cometh. And we're going up. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. So the dead are going to rise first. Those that died in Christ are going to rise first. And then we'll be caught up together with them in the clouds. The ones that are left at that time of the rapture, the ones that are alive on the earth, they're not going to taste death. They're just going to rise and be changed on the way up. They'll be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And... Uh, they're not raptured in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. They're being changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And I don't know if you know how long a twinkling is in an eye, but it's not very long. But you're going to go from uh, mortal to immortal. You're going to go from corrupt to incorrupt. or from incorrupt to, or from, You won't be corrupt anymore. You're going to change just like that. You're going to get... Uh, You're going to go there and you're not going to taste death. And that's where Paul said, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Because you didn't taste the sting of death and the grave didn't have victory over you. So that's going to be the ones that are alive and remain. We'll be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then he says, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, for those that believe we're going to be here for the tribulation and all these wars and stuff, that ain't very comforting. You can't comfort me with words like that telling me I'm going to be in the middle of all this hell that's going to be broke loose on the earth. And besides that, it's judgment on the world and Israel for not believing in Jesus Christ. We've already been judged, we've accepted Him, we've been judged, we don't have to be judged against. Again and and the bible says that this is the time of jacob's trouble israel's trouble not our trouble we're gonna avoid it simply because we believe in jesus christ and we were judged with him so we don't have to be judged again that's why i know we're not going to be here I, i probably get a lot of disagreement on that but you know i'm happy with it so leave me alone See, again, you know, the Antichrist can't appear and the Ezekiel War cannot take place because he's going to be leading it until the restrainer of the church is taken out of the way. I'm just trying to put some end time events in perspective here. Again, I'm not predicting days or hours or when it's going to exactly going to happen. But I believe we're close to the rapture of the church because Russia is moving distinctly towards the war described in Ezekiel 38 but this is not it and once the church is raptured then then and only then can the Antichrist appear that will be the beginning of Daniel's 70th week seven years and uh, the Ezekiel 38 wars that will ultimately lead to the battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Christ will begin with that Ezekiel 38 war, but they're separate wars. They'll 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 come together and eventually all culminate in the Valley of Megiddo over in in Israel, uh, and will be the battle of Armageddon. That's the battle Jesus is coming back to with all the saints, and you know it's believed that he's coming back on a white charger, and uh, he's going to have that robe and. Uh, that was dipped into blood and all of that and we're supposed to come back with them on on white charges. Now me and horses don't get along, so I'm I'm hoping we get some riding lessons before that day comes up there. But I'm gonna be riding on one of them horses right behind them. Who's with me? But I want to reiterate again, it's not my purpose to try to set times and dates. We can't do that. No man knows, no, not even the, uh, the son, but the father. So we'll leave that up to him. I'm not trying to guess it. Nobody should guess it. I don't know how many people predicted the rapture of the church, the end of the world and all of this. that's come and gone a million times and, and nobody's ever been true and they never will be. That's up to God. It's up to God and the church. Remember I told you before that the church can change things through prayer. And, uh, you know, Hezekiah got an extra 15 years through prayer. So time can be altered through prayer. You know, uh, Joshua prayed a prayer, and the Lord stopped the earth from moving for 24 hours. You know, so, uh, and then Hezekiah, he turned the sundial back 10 10 degrees. So I don't know how many hours that was, but he turned time back. Things can be altered. Uh, Now, his second coming is imminent. It's going to occur but if we get enough prayers of the saints going up and we try to get some more time to get more souls in, that might be a a prayer that alters the timetable, but it's not gonna alter the event itself. But anyway, Jesus tells us there are more important things that have to transpire on the earth before all of this takes place. So we, you know, we should know about this because we're children of light, we shouldn't be in the dark, but we shouldn't focus and dwell on these things like the Ezekiel 38 war, the rapture of the church, the second coming of Christ. Yes, these are all blessed hopes, but we got work to do before all this stuff happens. Let's not just get so caught up in that that we're like standing at a bus stop waiting for it to happen and not getting anything done. You know, it's like uh, Joseph Morrison describes it as, uh, you know, in a football game, when the clock hits that two minute, the last two minutes, it gets that two minute warning, He said, that's when everybody comes alive. They don't stop playing at the two-minute warning. They get really serious, especially if it's a close game. They know that they got two minutes to get this thing completed and and win the game. And that should be the mentality of the church when I preach things like this. Because we should realize, we should have that two-minute mentality that this ain't the time to just look up and wait for the Lord to come. This is the time for us to get busy. We got a short time to accomplish a big goal, and that is to win. Amen? Amen. So we should be getting excited about this, and we should be getting even more than excited. We should be getting busy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I know everybody in here has family that needs to get in. So there's other things to concern ourselves with before the rapture occurs. And that's the great harvest. The great commission must be fulfilled. We haven't fulfilled the great commission that Jesus left us with yet. So why do I teach on end time events? Because we're the children of light. We shouldn't be in the dark. And we should know when we're getting close so we can not lay down but step up. Amen. Two minute warning time. And did you know about 28 percent of the bible was prophetic at the time that it was written 28 percent of it was for future things and of those prophecies more than half have literally been fulfilled and fulfilled with uncanny accuracy undeniable accuracy so that tells us that the other half the end time prophecies are going to be filled just as accurately as the ones that have already been fulfilled, so that makes them important, and that's why we should teach about this. We shouldn't spend months on it, because there's other things to do and learn, but we should know what's going on. And uh, that's why I I preach this message today, because uh, a lot of people are thinking that this is the battle, uh, the start of the battle of, of Ezekiel, the 38th chapter of Ezekiel. It is not. And like I said it's it's these powers to be that are pushing in the It's in appointed time and God is the one who appoints it and they're not going to alter that time as much as they think they are They're you know the old saying we got to strike while the iron's hot while well, the iron is cooling off and it's cooling off fast and so in a desperate attempt to push this thing along and, and th- this new world order wasn't supposed to come for years but hey why let this? Uh, pandemic, this catastrophe go to waste. Let's use it. But again, the iron's cooling off. They're not going to be able to use it pretty soon. So this is a desperate attempt by man to push the hand of God, and it's just not going to work. Luke 21 it says that There'll be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars. Have we not seen these signs? I mean, blood moons, we've seen the star of Bethlehem and uh, God using the signs of the zodiac to prove his existence. And uh, then it says on the earth, the stress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. And, and that sea and wave is talking about mankind. It's talking about a, the sea of mankind because it doesn't mention a specific body of water. So it's, there's distress of nations, perplexity, in other words, they don't know what to do and the sea and the waves are roaring, the people are roaring, you don't think they're roaring, pick up, a, well, turn on your computer because you can't pick up a newspaper anymore, but, uh, and you'll see it, you can see the perplexity in this country itself, you can see the people roaring like the Canadian truck drivers and now the U.S. truck drivers and all the protests and all the things that are going on this is people that are sick and tired of things and they're beginning to to roar and make waves men's hearts failing them from fear in the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken and and we're seeing this now it's happening right before our eyes the world is perplexed it's in chaos Uh, they don't have answers that's what perplexed means they got these problems with no answers and it just isn't talking about us because we know what's happening. We're not in the dark and we're not in fear because we're going to see Jesus soon. Well, everybody's going to see him soon, but some of them ain't going to be too happy. Verse 27 says, Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to happen, he says, Look up, lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Your redemption draws nigh, the King James says. And so what it's saying is that uh, when we see all these signs and the things that's happening on the earth, the chaos and the perplexity of nations and the sea and the waves roaring, he says, that's the time to look up because you're getting close. That's the time to hear the the two-minute warning and get busy. So Jesus' second coming is the only source of hope and comfort for Christians. This is not our world. We're just passing through here, amen? Amen. This is not our home. We're not, we're citizens of heaven, not here. And so uh, it just shows us that we'd be going home pretty soon. And that's why we should be excited about these signs. I know it scares a lot of people, but if it scares you, you need to get on your knees and get right with God because it shouldn't scare us. Yet the amazing thing is that here we are, living in a time when God has revealed so much of his plans for our future and the future of the earth uh, that we should be excited, we shouldn't be, our hearts shouldn't be failing us, we shouldn't be losing. Uh, it's talking about spirits really, not the, not the flesh pumper, or the heart pumper. It's talking about the spirit of man failing. You know, you ever get to the place where you just say, I can't take anymore. I just want to give up. Well, that's the way the world is getting. They're getting to that place where their spirits, their hearts, their drive, their will is failing them. They don't want to do it anymore. We can't get like that. Our hearts shouldn't be failing us. Especially for fear. Because we're not supposed to be in fear of anything. Jesus told us what to do at these times. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God believe also in me so how do you get out of fear how do you get out of a troubled heart God in Jesus amen, amen. he said in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you yeah. if he didn't have mansions up there he would have told us he says I go to prepare a place for you and I will come again and receive you unto myself for where I am there you may be also when is that going to happen? At the rapture. Yep. He's preparing a place for prepared people. Amen. That place ain't prepared for somebody down here that ain't prepared to go there. That's
0: right. Amen.
1: you got to know beyond any shadow of a doubt that you're prepared. You're a prepared people waiting for a prepared place. Amen. And when Jesus gets them mansions finished, he's coming back for us. Because he wants us to be where he is. And so we got some things to do. Uh, Look around your life. Look around your family first. Is there anybody you want to be there with you? You better make sure they're ready. You better make sure they're prepared. Amen. God will hold you accountable for everyone that you had a chance to Uh, introduce him to and never did never took the opportunity it's time for the church to get bold it's time for us to put aside uh, put aside that shyness and that oh I just you know I just can't that's not my nature I I just don't have that boldness I can't talk to people I just baloney that's why God gave us the Holy Ghost he said tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high why? So you can be witnesses for me. If, you, if you're timid, you need another dose of the Holy Ghost. He'll give you boldness. And I ain't talking about you, everybody has to stand on a street corner and preach the gospel. It wasn't hurt, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just talking about you recognizing an opportunity to witness some, to somebody and not backing off because you're afraid or you're in fear. And and even if they reject you, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting him. Tell them about Jesus. Then it's up to them what they do with him. Amen. Amen. Plant a seed and then go about your business. But don't ever pass up an opportunity to at least plant a seed. You might not have the boldness to witness or preach a message to them on a street corner, but everybody can plant a seed. All you got to do is look for an opportunity which God will give you and then you plant the seed. You tell them whatever you can about Jesus and then when they leave, you just pray for them and water that seed with prayer. And then that seed will take root and it will do something in them and then they'll have the opportunity to accept it or reject it. They can pluck it up and go to hell if they want to and God will let them. But you got to know that you planted the seed. Amen. Amen. I'ma quit right here. I don't know what time Shannon gave it to me, but if I went more than forty five minutes, it's her fault. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I try to do it before twelve, so it's five minutes to twelve, so I may have gone longer than forty five minutes, but yeah. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do, right? But let's pray. Father, I pray for everybody within the sound of my voice. I pray, God, that they are ready to meet you and they know it. And for anyone that's not sure or doesn't know it, God, I pray that they will stand up and confess that and say, Lord, I don't know if I'm ready or not. Make me ready. Prepare me. And, Lord, I know that you'll send a worthy laborer across their path. And, God, they uh, they don't even need a worthy laborer. If they're listening to me right now, they can just... Right where they're at right now, lift up and say, Lord, I need you. I'm without you in my life. I've been behaving like I don't know you. And I need you to come into my life or come back into my life and restore me. Return me to righteousness. Put me back in right standing with you because I need you, especially in these last days, especially in the times that we're living. You're my only hope, Lord. You're my only way that I can make it through this thing. I don't want to go on my own anymore, Lord. Come back into my heart and into my life. That's all it takes is a sincere heart and you ask him and he'll be there and he'll restore you. And he'll put you back in right standing with him and the father. And then ask him to fill you with the Holy Ghost and he will. He'll fill you with the Holy Ghost and give you boldness that you've never known before. He will get you to the place where you'll be bold and speak up and and witness for him, and you won't be timid anymore, you won't be in fear of what man will think about you anymore. Who cares what man thinks? You better care what God thinks. So Lord, I pray that I touched somebody's heart today. I pray, God, that somebody's returned to you and somebody met you for the first time, but I pray that there was good results from this message And I pray that we realize that there is, this is a time for us to uh, really get ready. Just like the two minute warning, that football team, giving it all they have for the last two minutes. We come this far, we played the whole game and we got two minutes left. Let's give it all we got. We can last two minutes. We can stand on our heads for two minutes, but let's do it with everything we got. Let's get the word out. Let's support our churches and support our pastors and support our outreach programs. And let's show this community and this state and this country and even the uttermost parts of the world, let's show them the love of God and the love of Christ. And let's tell them about your son, Jesus. We thank you and we praise you for it. Give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.